Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We are also going to reveal the results of our Oscars draft and talk about the ceremony that happened this past weekend, which was very tame. Nothing much to speak of. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And unfortunately, one event trumped all other events and is now taking the limelight instead of the winners who have earned the awards, which is very sad that this has happened. But uh, if you did not watch the awards and you have been under a rock for the past day or so, (laughs) Will Smith walked a good 20 feet onto the stage in the middle of the telecast and bitch slapped Chris Rock for no reason. It was a regular slap, but... Oh, I mean, yes. Well, it, it also wasn't for no reason. Give the additional context of the the joke, which I will repeat in its entirety. You do it. He said, "Jada, I love you." Ga Jane, Gi Jane, two can't wait to see it. All right, that's what he said. He said, "Jada, I love you." Gi Jane, two can't wait to see it. All right. You know what I say to that, Ryan? What's that? Keep Jada's name. Out of your <laughs> fucking mouth, Ryan. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep Jada's name <laughs> out of your fucking mouth, Ryan. That was a great reenactment. I will give Will props for my man. He's a good performer. He's a good actor. He knows how to use that voice. Oh, yeah. And he hit a crescendo there. It was incredible. Everybody but, felt that, bro. Truly. But Will Smith is also crazy and out of his mind, and this was out of line, and it's so stupid. Insane. Insane. I love this discussion and this discourse going on because you really get to see a glimpse into some people and what their priorities are. Including Tiffany Haddish. Because, yeah, (laughs) I heard about that, and I was like, what in the world? Yeah, dude, people have crazy exactly Recount exactly what she said. I believe she said, I'm glad to see... Uh, that there are still men, black men out there who will stand up for their wives. I was It was the most exciting thing she had ever seen. And it made her so happy to see Will Smith get up there and defend his wife. That is what she crazy. said. Which is a crazy thing. Spencer also said that she said something about Jada better suck Will's dick backwards or something or from behind or something. And I was that's like, what, what Spencer said to me, but I haven't found that online anywhere. <laughs> okay. That's uncorroborated. Everyone do not. I can take that find it probably. Let me check. Yeah. You let's do a fact checked on air right now, but even so it's amazing to see the responses because some people are trying to rationalize this and it's mind boggling to me. Like it's such a brain dead take. If you actually think that Will Smith was just by in slapping Chris Rock right there on the live telecast, then you're insane. If you think, oh, maybe we should have took him out back and slapped him after the show. Oh, mm-hmm. we should have pulled him aside or maybe heckled him from the seat. Okay, that I can, I can understand maybe that perspective. But if you actually think that what transpired was in any way a sane action to take, I don't know what to tell you. You're nuts. You got a slap coming your way too. Yeah. Did we uh, fact check 
Tiffany Haddish. I am reading through articles currently, <laughs> and I have found. I feel like it'd be a nothing. well. I don't know, but I feel like it would be a pretty big thing to say. Well, this is according to Spencer. This is something that she said directly to Jada because, like, she did. It is confirmed that well, Tiffany he Haddish, said that too, and I was like, how? Did, how would you know that? Yeah. <laughs> And like, he's like, oh, there's post uh, post show interviews. It's confirmed like, that, that? it's confirmed that she did go up and say something to Jada. I don't know what it was. He might okay, be so correct. I think is, but if he's correct, his, then it's crazy. But I have no that idea. That would be crazy. I have it not. Must found be crazy anything. if he knew. Tiffany had to call Spencer lips. personally, <laughs> yeah, and told him this is what I just told Jada. So anyway, this Will and Chris situation. It appears you are also on the side of Will Smith's action being completely out of line. For sure I am. This fucking... Okay. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it just doesn't even make any sense. What are you What are you doing? Like, I said this at the time when we were watching it. So, crazy story about, about my watching the Oscars, because I don't think I told you this yet. I had work, right? And I was going to be spending the whole work shift watching the Oscars. And I was pissed, because I love watching the Oscars. So I begged mm-hmm. my boss to, to give me an ER, which is an early release. And he did. He let me go early. Awesome guy. Great. I left at eight, which is when the uh, Oscar started. I have no way of watching this. I don't have ABC. I don't have Hulu live TV. So I'm going to Bobby's, which is an hour away from Universal, to watch this thing. I get there at nine. They've already done Ariana DeBose. And... They've done whatever the intro was with Beyonce. And I think they did one other singing performance. I don't know what. So I missed the full first hour. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm having a good time. It's normal. At some point, Joe, our friend Joe, has to get up and leave because he's not feeling well. So he goes back home. And like, I swear to God, like 30, 45 minutes later, the slap happens. And I'm like, God (laughs) damn, dude, Joe missed out. Joe missed out so hard because this was one of the craziest things I've ever seen live. I'm sitting there. It's me, Spencer, Bobby uh frank and rachel and sophie and carlos and a couple of other people i don't know and uh we're sitting there watching this happen he slaps chris rock and we all went that's funny what a good bit chris rock and will smith saved the oscars because it looks so good the the way he walked up there and you think it's gonna be a great Mm -hmm. bit and he's gonna like give him a noogie or something yeah it would have been the funniest part of that night by far. It was at the moment. We were like, wow, that was really <laughs> yeah. funny. They say they're saving the Oscars right now because they know how to, to make a joke and actually like go through with it. And mm-hmm. then it starts to cut out and do some weird stuff. And we're like, ah, oh, the stupid people at the Oscars are fucking up the, the telecast. <laughs> like, what are they doing here? And it's like, then it cuts back to Will Smith, right? Cause it's like, it's, it's a freeze frame on Chris Rock for quite a while. Then it cuts back to Will Smith and he has like, he's holding back tears and screaming something and we're like what is happening what is going on and i make the connection that on live tv they cut out the audio but they'll keep doing the video if people are swearing and so i go oh he's swearing at chris rock right now that's what's going on is they're swearing at each other this is real this is something that actually happened within five minutes fernando has twitter up and he's found (laughs) like international broadcasts where they don't cut anything out and we can see it and the first thing we see is a, a japanese one and it's hard to hear what's happening on because there's a Japanese uh, interpreter basically changing it into like saying it in Japanese instead. So it's like we we don't really know. Like, obviously, we know what he's saying, but it's like, is he saying like how loud is he saying this? We can't even hear it. And then I think the Australian one, because it's in English, was perfectly clear and we hear it. And he's just fucking screaming at the top of his lungs and everything else is dead silent. 
And we all went, oh, shit. That is crazy. Yes. It was absolutely stunning. And it by far takes the cake for the craziest thing to happen at the Oscars. Yeah. Moonlight, La La Land is dethroned. Mm-hmm. And this one it will be hard pressed to see anything take the crown from this one. Yeah. Because it's insane. It's Because also- everyone thought it was a bit. And yeah. then it just, you realize, oh no, this was actually what happened. It was weird because for a while we were like, there's no way he actually hit Chris Rock. So maybe he just like took it, a swing at him. It looked like such a fake slap too. Yeah. Like it looked- Chris Rock stood his ground and just like took it and then like kept going. Like he, he tried yeah. not to be unfazed by it because he's such a professional. And so we were like, did maybe Will Smith take a swing at Chris Rock and intentionally miss as just like a threat? And now he's upset and screaming at him because we didn't know if it was a real hit or not. We were like, mm-hmm. maybe he just took a swing, missed, just threatening him being crazy. And then we play the 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 Australian version, and you can very clearly hear a hear a just smack right on Chris Rock's Dude, face, and me, it hits hard. It does, it does. Me, I was watching it with my dad, and we saw it play out live, which I'm so glad because I was it was getting late, and I was like, uh, I know the final awards aren't coming up for a bit, so I'm like, should I go take a shower? I'm like, nah, let me just sit down and watch it some more. And then I saw that unfold. So thank God I stayed. Thank God. But we saw that. And then we are like, there's no, because again, at first when it's cutting out, we're like, oh, was that real? And that couldn't have been real. And then you see Will Smith screaming without the audio. And he's a very good enunciator as he's screaming, because you definitely read the lips on that one. Uh, And so we're like, oh "Oh my God, that was real. And then we immediately were like, wow, Will Smith is a total schmuck. It was just a joke. It's a comedy routine being delivered by a comedian did your dad agree you with you me? yes Good he was him. extremely pissed he was saying he was like you know what chris rock should do when will smith wins the award he should come out like joe pesci with a baseball bat and just start whacking him <laughs> whack will smith to get him back so you yeah we were both motherfucker. Bam. <laughs> exactly so we were both vehemently against will in this and then we rewound it so that we could see in slow motion we put in slow-mo the hit if it connected or not yeah we determined yeah that's straight up hit there's like so, multiple angles you can find like stills online you can see him fully connect into chris yes, rock's face for sure and again it's just stunning that that played out in real time and then as you said like fernando hopped on twitter i also was running to like type in and see the trending things and see what people's takes were and most people were saying wow that's crazy but then also wow will, will took that too far but then you have yeah. other people coming in saying, well, he was justified. He was defending his wife. And so now let me break down why Will was in the wrong. You go There was no it. justification. Go crazy, queen. There's many different points here because the argument just does not hold up. You don't slap somebody on live television for saying a joke, especially one that was as lightweight as that. An alopecia so, joke. I know. We'll, and we'll get into that. But first off. It's a live telecast going out to millions of people around the world. You absolutely need to hold to a certain standard of behavior, a certain decorum. Mm-hmm. If you were that upset about it, there's other ways to deal with that situation without making it violent and making it an incredibly intense, uncomfortable environment for everyone in that room. As you said, as we all saw, we went dead silent afterward and everyone was like sitting on eggshells for the rest of the night yeah. because it was just so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that that had happened. So number one, 
That's crazy. There are people, like, I listen to interviews of, like, Vanity Fair reporters who were in the room, just, like, in the mezzanine, and they say that the entire atmosphere just changed for the rest of the night in its entirety. Like, it was uncomfortable mm-hmm. all the way until the end. And so it just overshadowed everything completely. Exactly. And again, we're opening our Oscars recap with this, as everyone else is that's talking about the Oscars. Yes. It's overshadowed everything. I'll get to that later, how hilarious it is that this is the only thing we're talking about from these uh, past Oscars. But number two for why he is in the wrong for doing this. So as you brought up, alopecia. That is why Jada's head is shaved and is bald. However, as you probably didn't know before the ceremony, and I didn't know before the ceremony, and 98% of the other people that have seen this play out didn't know before the ceremony, we didn't know she had alopecia. Yeah. I guarantee you Chris Rock also didn't know about that condition. Yeah, I give zero shits about Jada Pinkett Smith, so I know nothing about her. Well, exactly. And number one, she's not like Will Smith is a massive figure. Yeah. Like everyone knows him. Jada Pinkett Smith, no. And if they know her, it's likely in relation to Will Smith. Or the Matrix. So I don't think, well. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) She's the worst part of the Matrix. So with that, it doesn't make sense that people are saying, oh, it was common. She's talked about this a whole bunch. People do not follow Jada Pinkett Smith. It's not national news if she's talking about whatever condition she has. Yeah. So again, that is insane to me that people are thinking, oh, Chris Rock had to know. You didn't know before it unless you follow her extremely closely. So shut Number two. Well, I guess this is number three. And this one may be, I'll see your opinion on this, uh-huh. but alopecia and a joke about it. I don't think it's that bad because the condition is literally just baldness. It's just hair loss. Yep. As far as I know, there's no other negative side effects or health ailments that come along with it. It's a weird like autoimmune disease that for whatever reason targets mm-hmm. hair follicles. I don't know how that works. That's very strange to me, but there are no other effects or consequences other than hair loss. So it is pretty much the same as just regular balding as plenty of people, men, male pattern baldness, female pattern baldness, like Mm. plenty of people face that all the time. Just because this one has a different name and it's alopecia and it's a different cause. I don't know why that's suddenly so untouchable. It's not a life-threatening health condition that she has. It's not like she has cancer and then is going through chemotherapy and that is the cause of the hair loss. No, it's literally just balding. That's what it is. So I don't even understand why mentioning the fact that she is bald mm-hmm. in a joke, and we'll get to it later how it wasn't even an insult, but mentioning that joke or mentioning that attribute of her, I don't see how that's like shaming her or invoking her condition and making fun of it. I can see where she would be upset as an individual and be a little bit hurt on the inside just because I think it's something that when she was opening up about it, like now that I've gone back and like learned about her alopecia and learned about how it's been affecting her, she I think she's opened up about how it's like affected her confidence and things like that and how it affects her her vision of herself. So I understand why she could personally, like individually take it, uh, be like be offended by it. But I don't think Chris Rock would be concerned about offending the alopecia community, nor do I think he should. I mean, we talked about this on the last episode, the Bojack episode, how my favorite comedy show is Arrested Development. And they have a whole side character whose whole, his whole thing about him is that he has alopecia. 
and they make jokes for seasons and it's always <laughs> funny like he, right. he they talk about how he can't drive a corvette and then they show him like test driving corvette and he comes back and he has no hair like all of his wigs <laughs> and stuff are flowing off like it's it's right. it's not like like of course if you have alopecia and you're listening i i do feel bad for you and i'm sorry that you have alopecia but I mean, it's a joke. Like, at no point is this something that is meant to offend the alopecia community. At no point is Chris Rock saying, I, I fucking hate anyone who doesn't have hair. Fuck those people. Right. Chris Rock yeah. is just making a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith not having hair at that moment and looking like Demi Moore in the movie G.I. Jane. Exactly. And just to go further on that, that note, in, like, specifically the black community, having the shaved head like that is a common thing, which also feeds into the idea of Chris Hart probably didn't know because it's not like that's an uncommon hairstyle to that Jada Pinkett Smith is wearing. Yeah, many women shave their head, and there's nothing wrong with exactly. It. But every time and they she do, looks great as well. It's Jada just a Pinkett reference Smith looks to the great fact, with that hairstyle. Yeah, it's just a reference that Demi Moore did it famously for a movie, GI Jane. Exactly. And when a woman shaves her head, you kind of think GI Jane. Well, I mean, I don't, but I mean, yeah, that was a well. People who who was a reference at there. that time. Did. Yes, I didn't agreed. get the joke at first. I had to look up what it meant because I I didn't know yeah, what the fuck yeah. GI Jane was. No, no, no. But the people who I could were, assume from like a GI Joe thing, but I was like, yeah, didn't know that it was specifically tied to like Demi Moore in that specific film role. I think, but the again, people even if that who were like who were like our age at the time probably knew. Like I think it was like a famous thing at the time that Demi Moore shaved her head for that role. I'm sure, yeah. and so like it was like big news that Demi Moore shaved her head for that, and so. I think like people who are older would get that joke, like Chris Rock, for example, and Jada Pinkett Smith, <laughs> and yeah. clearly Will Smith, <laughs> who very right. clearly understood the joke. But yeah, again, so I'm saying like the fact that she's rocking that hairstyle wouldn't immediately make someone think, oh, she's balding and dealing with this condition. It yeah. could be she's a choice that she makes. Yeah, because other people like I, Viola Davis, Seen do it with Lupita Nyong'o, who's like behind them. Mm. Doesn't hasn't Tilda Swinton done that? I think she is as well. Red, maybe Britney Spears isn't has done like it. Zoe Kravitz currently wearing like a very short cut or whatever. Yeah, I believe so. It's not so, uncommon. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like it, like my immediate reaction wouldn't be, "Oh wow, she's balding." It would be, "Oh, she's rocking the hairstyle and she looked great in it." That's what I thought anyway, when I first saw. It. I didn't think she had alopecia. Exactly. But if she were sensitive about the fact that she has alopecia and that's why she has a shaved head it's not like there aren't solutions that are available to her as a filthy rich woman that is also she very good hair treatment like rogaine and whatever that stuff is or she could wear wigs or the weaves or whatever very expensive is, wigs that she could easily afford yes that's what i'm saying so if she were still that upset about it and still dealing with uh like self-acceptance issues and self-esteem issues mm. because of that there's definitely ways that she could mitigate that and completely cover it up yeah. by just wearing a wig. And it's not like anyone would question that. So again, you you talking about like she's been open about her alopecia in the past. I believe that she arrived on the thing of, oh, I'm going to take it. I'm going to be empowering and I'm going to be accepting of myself and how I look. And I'm going to wear it not as a badge of shame, but a badge of honor. This is who I am. That's what, yeah, it looks like what she was touting. And so if that's what she's touting, then it's a very bad look to get this offended to the point where you essentially make your husband by the nasty look that you give go up and slap somebody on national tv mm -hmm. now this is what everybody's talking about yeah not a great look for you or the being alopecia community. of who you are yeah or of the alopecia community you're making it seem like oh if 
anybody mentions this attribute about you, you should get offended and immediately retaliate with violence, physical yeah. violence. Also, yeah, if you were still offended, if you have are now wearing alopecia as a badge of honor and you are okay with with yourself and how you look, which is great and you should be, and you go there and someone says a joke about your alopecia, whether or not they know you have it, and it makes you uncomfortable. And this is a very famous person, Chris Rock, who I think they know very well. Yes, he's also a comedian. His job is to make jokes. Yes. You should go up to them after and say, hey, I was uncomfortable by that joke because I have alopecia. In the future, please don't make jokes about my alopecia. And then Chris Rock would probably have said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you had alopecia. Or, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you would find that so offensive. I, I won't make any more jokes in the future. I apologize. You handle exactly. this like adults behind closed doors, not on live television. Exactly. 15.4 million people on a stage where other people are trying to receive acknowledgement. Several below the line, line workers are trying to receive acknowledgements for the work that they're doing on films and are barely getting that recognition because their their acceptance and their speeches have been cut down and are shown only briefly. And now you're taking up even more time by causing drama because you're upset because Chris Rock made a bald joke about your wife. Come on, Will. Yes. You fucking little pussy boy bitch, Will. Come on. (laughs) Watch out. He's going to walk through that door and smack you. Keep my name out of your (laughs) fucking mouth. (laughs) So good. But yeah, so uh, another point in this is the joke itself. The balding joke. Let's say that he had said something like compared her to Humpty Dumpty or an egg or Eggman or whatever. Other bald figures in media. He didn't do that. He compared her to Demi Moore in G.I. Jane, which, again, I haven't seen it, have no clue. But she looks awesome in that film. She looks so cool. Yeah, she's Just a badass. Just as Jada Pinkett Smith does. They look amazing with the haircut. It's not like he was insulting her or shaming her. He favorably compared her to somebody else who happens to have the same hairstyle. I don't see how that joke is offensive or harmful in any way. And he opened it up by saying, Jada, I love you showing that this is about to be light ribbing that he's going to do, which again could be taken as just a comment he's making about an objective characteristic that she has, comparing that to an objective characteristic that Demi Moore had in that film. Like, it's not like he was casting any sort of shame onto her or saying she looks bad for it or anything like that. He was just saying, you look like her. That was the point of the joke. Well, so like, I could I could still see the point of like I feel like comparing her to another ball. Like I again, I could see where she would be offended by that joke. Like I understand why she was offended and I I don't think that it was unfair of her to be offended. That's not the problem sure. I have. Like I understand well, I why. agree. Anyone can get offended by anything and that's your right to be upset at something. Well, I think she's my point is I think she's valid in being upset by that joke. Well, agreed. And again, I'm saying like you can say people are valid for being upset, whatever, because that's your emotion. That's your initial reaction. So I don't fault anybody for whatever the reaction is. I fault you for what you do after that wears away and you actually have the time to figure out what your response is going to be. That's what I have issues with. Again, she can feel offended and she could be right in that. Again, whatever. I think the joke was fairly harmless but again it's touching on a obviously touchy subject for her so it makes sense that she would be upset by that yeah i mean that's it was fine. Just that's like, within her prerogative it was just throwaway ribbing like people do it to each other all the time Agreed. but I that's think... what i'm saying like the response should have been well i kind of didn't like that but it was a very lightweight joke that was clearly intended 
not to hurt me, but just to get laughs out of this audience, as is the point of the presenters in the show. So therefore, I'm going to like calm down or whatever. Yeah. You can still be upset about it and still be like, ah, it shouldn't have been said. But the next logical step mm. should have been, okay, let me chill out. I understand what the intent was. It wasn't hurt me. It wasn't to cast any sort of like bad look onto me. So whatever. Yeah. That point, again, I'm saying it's a mostly harmless joke, which it is. She has the right to be upset by it. Sure. sure whatever. But there are plenty of other people that night that had the right to be upset at certain jokes that were told at their expense or that involved them. And none of those people reacted in the way that the Smith family did. That's what I said. I said after it happened, I was like, the host literally told Judy Dench, Judy Dench to work harder. And (laughs) because she, because she lost, like she lost. And they said, Oh, Judy, you lost work harder. Mm -hmm. Like it's still a joke, but I feel like that's even more offensive than a GI Jane joke. Right. Like, come I, on. I think they're on the same level of completely harmless. Like, it's Judy Dench. I don't, like, obviously it's ironic to be like, oh, work harder, haha. Yeah, again, yeah, I, mean, I know, a, but. That was an award she shouldn't have been nominated Again, for Judy Dench didn't go up there and punch Wanda Sykes in the face. <laughs> again, that would have been hilarious. Which she, she should have. She marched up there. <laughs> work on this. But, yeah, so you brought that up. There are other ones that I want to point out. Such as the J.K. Simmons joke. Okay, where they all these jokes I think you're about to tell happened all in the first hour, so you got to break them down for me because I didn't see any of them. Okay. Well, I don't remember that much. But so the J.K. Simmons I do is they it was the three of them that wrote there, the hosts, and they had said, yeah, the COVID has been tough on us in just these two years. People have aged really poorly. Just look at Timothy Chalamet. And then it cuts to J.K. Simmons just sitting there, and it's just him like going like... But so they're talking about the joke of like, oh, wow, Timothy Chalamet aged poorly into J.K. Simmons. That's funny. So I the guess. joke here is that J.K. Simmons is old and ugly and not a spring chicken anymore in the same way that young star heartthrob Timothy Chalamet is. So they immediately pit two people together in a comparison where one is coming out negatively from that comparison. You were the worst version, the older version, the decrepit version of Timothy Chalamet. And J.K. Simmons, again, I don't know if they like tell them, hey, heads up for this joke that's coming in. J.K. Simmons played it off. He was fine. He didn't get grumpy, mad, didn't yell at them, no. didn't smack them across the face, all three of them. Mm-hmm. He just took it and moved on because it's a joke. Yeah. It's comedy. They're just trying to get laughs. Don't take it so personally. Yeah. The next one uh, was Regina Hall was saying, okay, we need to do some like last minute COVID tests. And she was calling on the names of like attractive men that she wanted to get with because the whole gist of the night was she's single. So she's trying to get with some Hollywood star. Sure. So she calls up Bradley Cooper and Timothy Chalamet. And who was the other person they brought up? Tyler Perry was up there, but I think he was like co-presenting an award or something. Uh, Someone else came up there, but they are all getting brought up there. And again, the like joke or whatever is, Oh, ha ha. She's interested in them. She's going to try to take them backstage to do a COVID test with a deep PCR where it's going in somewhere. Oh, Jesus. And it's, yeah. So it's obviously like sexualizing them and whatever. And then she pats down Josh Brolin and Jason Momoa come out and then she pats them down, like down their legs and whatnot, uh, which that one had to be planned. Like, there's no way they just would have done that. Yeah. But again, it's like the joke being, oh, haha, she's so thirsty for all these hot Hollywood men. And she's trying to get them to go backstage with her so she can 
do whatever. Like those are all the jokes there. And I'm sure it made them uncomfortable if they didn't know beforehand that that's like what the gist was about. So again, they played along. Like she said their names. I don't think they were actually supposed to get on stage, but Bradley Cooper did it first. And then they all followed along. So that was funny. Uh, another joke came in where they were talking about the fact that Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz and then Jesse Clemens and Kirsten Dunst, like their couple was at the Oscars. Yeah. And then they say, and then finally Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal, who of course are siblings, not a couple. And so the implied joke there is there's incest going on or their couple or whatever. So Keep my sister's name <laughs> yeah. out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> it's just too fun to say, huh? It is a lot uh, of fun to say. You should try it. Like really <laughs> scream it. Your mom won't care. Nah, can't do it. My cats are here though. They will be terrified. Coco will come in. Remember, she's a Will Smith supporter. Oh yeah, that's right. Coco. <laughs> so the Joan Hall and then Jake Joan Hall did a funny gag where he's like, mm, not quite right. Like that was his response to play into the joke because that's what it is. It's just a joke. It's comedy. So even though that was probably uncomfortable for them to make an implication that they are siblings that are actually more than that. Love just moved on. Exactly. And finally, there was already a joke in the show about Will Smith and Jada Pekin Smith that was about something far worse than the alopecia thing. This was the whole open marriage situation they have. In that whole gag of calling the men up to the stage, mm -hmm. she goes, hmm, Will Smith. Oh, no, I can't do Will Smith because he's married. But, well... Jada Pinkett Smith said, it's okay. Get on up here, Will. And Will did a great thing by playing into the joke. And he's like waving his hands and going like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. Which was great. Great way to play into the gag. So uh, probably much more uncomfortable, at least for the two of them, That's situation. Weird. Talking about the open marriage, which of course, you know, that was a whole can of worms with them opening up about Jada Pinkett Smith having entanglements with uh one of her son's, son's friends, friends rapper friends uh and blasting that to everyone on her talk show which will smith was clearly not comfortable with yeah that's what but spencer they, was saying is like props for chris rock for staying so cool because knowing him he could have torn will smith apart up there he absolutely could have taken he was that. about to he said i could mm, okay like he yeah, was he about really to start something bro. But he pulled back he's a professional man he he took the high road there Cause he could he, really he could have been like, bro, your wife fucked your son's friend. What <laughs> yeah. are you doing, man? You're fucking yeah. crazy. He could have had so many. I saw a few of them that were good. That yeah, commented on that. Uh, one was something about you need to stop worrying about what guy has your wife's name in his mouth and start worrying about what guy your wife's mouth is on. That thing would have been hardcore. The Something mentioning specifically August is the name of the guy. Yeah. He could have said something uh, like, oh, that slap was good, but it wasn't as good as what August was given to Jada the other night. <laughs> something like that. Uh, something like someone else had said, oh, I'm going to be feeling that slap until August, which would have been a nice, subtle way to sneak that in there. That, that would have been funny. Got. That's clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, other, were make, other people were making jokes about he used to play Muhammad Ali. He did in one movie. Bro, I thought about that. I was like, <laughs> man, Chris Rock, Chris Rock said he, he called him Richard as he's walking up there. And I was like, nah, it's not Richard. That's Muhammad coming up there. <laughs> yeah. Kaboom. Exactly. I, mean, I could make a joke about that. 
like how they let you play Ali with the swing like that. So there were many directions that Chris Rock could have taken it. Oh, another one was good of, oh, I guess uh, Will Smith's marriage is open to anything except jokes. Damn, that's a good, that's a good one. one. Well. I bet Chris Rock could have <laughs> so, come up with any of these on the fly. I They were all racing through his head, I'm sure, because he's been a comedian for a long time. Oh, he knows what to so, do. Yeah. And he absolutely, there's no way all that stuff wasn't going through I mean, his head. All the things and, he said when he came out there, those were ad-libs. Like, none of it was mm-hmm. in the script. So, right. he can he can come up with a joke on the fly. Not to say that the G.I. Jane joke was, like, that funny, because it wasn't really that funny. But he could still right. probably come up with something even better. In but that again, state of anger. Like a, it was a low effort thing that he wasn't putting too much thought into because he didn't think it'd be that much of a deal. No, it's the Oscars. Wait, yeah, so Who gives a shit? Just get out there, say, make them laugh a little bit because you're Chris Rock and then give the Oscar to, to Questlove and move on. Exactly. That was the job that was billed to him. He didn't realize he had to dodge slaps as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is just if he knew, he probably insane. could have dodged it, but no, they didn't warn him beforehand. Well, that's also the worst part is he thought it was a bit when he was walking up yeah. there because he... He still had his hands behind his back. He was laughing. He was like leaning forward a bit. Like Will he was Smith not really expecting played that at him, bro. Watching I know. Will Smith he was walking up there, there like he was. He was all cool casual. Guy. That was a, a quick reflex from Will Smith, though. At his age, bro, watching him throw that punch, I was like, "Damn, that's like a young man's <laughs> punch." It was crazy how quickly he I went guess. from casually walking up there to fully throwing a full swing on him, bro. Right. That's that is the Ali training that he got in that movie coming back. I mean, you got to give it to Chris Rock, who took that like a champ. Oh, didn't even stumble Chris backwards. Rock, yeah. Didn't even move. He stayed he, right he stayed there. His perfect planted. stance. I went, ooh. Yeah, good He's for like, him, oh, dude. wow. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, again, that whole point, again, Chris taking the high road for sure on that one, when he could have made plenty of other terrible jokes about Will and Jada, as Regina Hall did earlier in that night. But yeah, you didn't see Will Smith go up and slab Regina Hall. Jada Pinkett Smith get all bent out of shape. Jada Pinkett Smith was laughing at that joke about the open marriage. She was cackling about it. So because she knows it's true. Interesting. Well, yeah, it's also interesting how she doesn't really care about that, but she's so sensitive about her alopecia that she's supposed to be, you know, self accepting and self love and all that with the condition. It is crazy because you're watching it. And Will Smith is laughing at the alopecia joke, and you can clearly see that Jada Pinkett Smith is upset. And then it cuts to Chris Rock for an extended period of time, and then you find out Will Smith is going up there. So. Did he just like look at Jada and then see that she was pissed and was like, oh, I guess I got to take care of this? Because he was laughing at the joke. Again, yeah, you see him laughing. And I saw stupid takes of people saying, oh, he was laughing at the previous jokes. Or, oh, also everybody's laugh at every single joke. Well, number one, if that's true, then Will Smith is a spineless, gutless coward, bro. Like you said, Dylan, either you make me laugh or you don't. No pity laughs. I give no No pity pity laughs. laughs. So... Will Smith should not be giving pity laughs. But also, it was clearly directed towards Jada. Like, he knew that a joke was coming. Don't you well, think? it had to be at the same time because you, you can see wanna... Jada get upset in the background. So it's, of course, the well, same time. Well, I know. Time. It was the same time. But they're saying, oh, he was registering the previous joke, which is what? insane because there was already the segue to talking about Jada. And then he delivers the joke. Don't you think you want to maybe, if you're this sensitive or you know your wife is this sensitive, don't you want to hold off and hear the joke before you laugh? I wish they had footage somewhere like of extended like like that brief 10 seconds on will smith i just want to see the interaction where he looks at jada realizes she's pissed and decides he has to do something like i want to see that change in his face 
then they didn't right. do it because it's just on Chris Rock for too long. But I also want to see the change in his face where he thinks, oh, the thing I have to do is go up and smack a man yeah. on stage and live television in the middle of this ceremony. Like, that's completely insane. Like, look at her and go, oh, she didn't like that. Okay. Note to self, I got to talk with Chris afterwards and straighten this out and make sure that he apologizes. Don't go up and slap somebody. Insane. Mm-hmm. And you could have just point, you could have just not laughed and totally stone faced it, and then the public would have been like, "Oh, they're pissed. Maybe we should talk about why Chris Rock shouldn't have said that." And then the heat would have been on Chris Rock for saying it, and we wouldn't like Will Smith. That would have been the high road, just stone facing it and just being upset, and then talking to him exactly. After. Exactly. If you're offended by something, don't laugh and then go up and punch someone in the face. That's two faced. If you're upset, look upset. Exactly. Will but he wasn't upset. He laughed at the joke because he thought the joke was funny or because he's a coward who gives pity laughs. And then he saw that she was upset. And because he's insecure about his relationship and his manhood in it and feeling like he has to take on this masculine role of protecting his wife, who her honor was apparently attacked by that single comment. That was just a joke. That was a light comparison. He felt that he had to go up there and violently physically attack somebody yeah bro. brought violence into it for no reason well, i was listening Again, to a podcast something... with spencer in the car today and they were saying like why in his oscar speech did he compare himself to richard williams like you going up there and smacking a man for saying a stupid joke about your wife is not equivalent to what richard williams went through to get his daughters to where they are like that is not well i would say it is kind of similar to richard williams and it's interesting that he later got the award for portraying him because Richard Williams was also an overbearing, selfish dickhead of a quote-unquote family man. Yes, he may have helped plan out the success of Venus and Serena Williams, but he had a whole marriage and kids beforehand that he completely neglected, and afterwards that he completely neglected. And his like wife, his now ex-wife, because I think the dude's still alive, uh, was the same age as Venus Williams or something like that. And he like has abandoned his Williams family because obviously he got the divorce with uh, his wife that's portrayed in the film. Because as you see in that film, he's a schmug that is trying to take all the credit for all the stuff that he's doing, despite there being the wife there and whoever John Bernthal played and all those other figures that were also instrumental. And yet he's taking all the credit while simultaneously deflecting all the attention from them because of his antics. So it's actually very similar to what Will Smith is doing. It was a great comparison that he made because they're both total schmucks, self-important dickheads that need to realize they need to get some reality put into their system. It's insane. All right, then. Would you like to continue your rant? I would because I'm glad that you brought that up. But yeah, he in his speech, his hypocritical speech, where he refused to apologize to Chris Rock. Apologize to the Academy and to the fellow nominees, but he didn't apologize to the one person that he needed to apologize to most. I was waiting for him to say, because he said, I apologize to the Academy, I apologize to my fellow nominees. I thought he was going to say, and I apologize to Chris Rock, and he didn't. He fucking didn't. He never never explicitly talked about that event specifically. Like, he very vaguely worked his way around it by comparing himself to Richard and by saying that he's a strong defender of his family. But he never said, I'm sorry, I smacked Chris Rock in the face. Like he very, right. very carefully and vaguely avoided specifically said, which I guarantee you is either something he came up with as a way to avoid responsibility or something that his publicist told him, hey, don't say it explicitly. Like avoid it. Well, be vague about number it. Number one, 
again, we all saw the video or anything. So if it's a way to save face, like, buddy, we all saw it. The only way to save face is to own up to your actions and apologize for doing something that was completely out of line. So if there was him that came up with that or his publicist, they're stupid because this is insane. The only way to make up for that is to apologize and sincerely do so, not spend the rest of your speech basically justifying it either well, by comparing yourself to the family man, protector of his family, or calling yourself some vessel of love. I was the, picked by God. I'm yeah. compelled by what God is telling me to do and be. And That's that is weird. a river for my people and a vessel for love. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. What a great demonstration of love of going up and smacking somebody for, again, saying a simple joke that, again, they probably didn't know that your wife was suffering from alopecia. Even if you did, it wasn't that bad of a joke. And even if it was intentional and was a worse joke, it's still a comedy routine. Other people took worse at that ceremony and they didn't act in that way. You were an adult. You're supposed to be a role model, not a child. Why are you acting so irrationally? Why are you acting like a buffoon? Like, come on. And then you justify that afterwards with the language of love. Shut up. Yeah. What a stupid speech. Completely lack of character on his part. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And also to point out another comparison to King Richard of why that was actually the smartest thing and smartest thing he's done that entire day was he said in his speech, you know, this isn't about me. It's not about me winning an award. It's about being able to shine a light on other people. Yes, because if anything came from that ceremony, it's a light being shined on all the other people that are involved in King Richard or any of the other Oscar-nominated films. No one's talking about that because you went up there and acted like a crazy person. So mission failed on that part. Yeah. Same thing with King Richard, where a lot of the discussion was about him and his antics instead of the girls and their work ethic and all their accomplishments that they're getting. So again, solid comparison, Will Smith. Yeah. But total buffoonery. Now, do you think the Academy should have brought in security and taken them out? 100%. As we stated before, the entire vibe changed mm -hmm. in that room. And partially it's because, hey, the guy that just slapped, Bundy, slapped somebody is still here and he's going to likely win an award later tonight. Isn't that uncomfortable to be in? The 100% should have escorted him out. He should not have been able to deliver a speech where, again, all it was was just further justifying his actions in incredibly hypocritical ways. Like, it's just so absurd that they didn't act. And they released a message afterwards saying they condemned the action or whatnot mm -hmm. by not escorting him out, which is the easiest thing to do. Again, it's not like it takes a lot of coordination to send a security guard over to take them. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And just make the decision. They, it was 40 minutes since the slap happened to when he won the award. Yeah. You're telling me in 40 minutes that you weren't able to come to a definitive answer of how we should deal with this. And also why it took you 40 minutes to not come to the obvious answer and conclusion of we need to get him out of this building because that is insane. And we don't want to endorse that on live television. Like what? I'll be honest with you, Ryan. I think it's pretty obvious that the people who are directing it and producing it, they For really sure. wanted him to go on that stage because that's people are going to start tuning in once they see it on Twitter. They're trying to give viewers. I agree. That's a hundred. That's so slimy and so careless as well, and just greedy. So stupid. Lack of character for the entire academy yeah. as well. And they're going to try to save face after all this. But if Will Smith is invited back to next year's ceremony without going on an apology tour to Chris Rock, then again absolutely shameful behavior on their part do you think they should take his award away no i i've seen that take and i don't care his performance is what he was awarded for we don't give oscars out for good behavior 
Yeah. We give it for a performance in a film. Also, Again, people have brought up the, the comparisons of should we take them all from Harvey Weinstein and all these other people? Uh, again, if we haven't done it for them, yeah. then why would we do it for Will Smith? Exactly. No I agree. Do you think they should like suspend him from the Academy? Suspend him from the Academy in what way? Like, he's he a, a member of the Academy. Of, yeah, or just- he is a member of the Academy. He has voting rights and he can be nominated and things like that. Do you think they should suspend him from that membership? I think he should not be allowed to vote. He should still be able to be nominated, but he shouldn't really, I don't know why he's a part of the Academy anyway. I mean, it's not like he's usually that should be for people that are retired. I don't know why. No, the Academy is anyone who is active or retired. As long as you're in the film industry and you are a significant part of that. Well, I mean, look at Barry. He was a part of the Academy while he was still active. He's, I suppose, but he still is yeah, active in think. some regards. He still writes things and he still sells scripts every once in a while. Not a long time, but every once in a while. I mean, he is. But he's like the image of someone that I think, okay, they were in the film industry and they did important things, but now they're out of the limelight in a way. Since Will Smith is still such a central part of it. And again, he's one of like the top 10 Hollywood figures. I don't really think it's appropriate for him to be a part of the Academy in terms of like voting on stuff and whatnot. Um, I mean, I would I disagree. Think I mean, it's just weird. Like, is every single person just and any random actor is in there? Like, everyone that we're seeing in there, Nicole Kidman, significant actors, yeah, she's in it. Yeah. Chloe Zhao, like all these people yeah. are, they're all in it. I don't know. That's weird to me. I think it should. I mean, what is their one vote going to do if they vote for themselves? I suppose the president is allowed to vote for themselves. I mean, I guess sure. I don't but, think it's that big of a deal. I mean, it's it's the whole idea of the Academy is that it is current and former filmmakers coming together and voting on film. And so that's why it should be the definitive opinion of what was the best that year, because it's all of these film people coming together who are professionals in that field and deciding what was the best. Like, that's the idea. Right. I mean, I suppose. Again, I just don't think extremely prominent and still active members should be a part of that. Well, that's like stupid, because Smith, like... Like, Jack Nicholson should be a part of it now. If, if Will Smith were to, like, retire, have retired, say the situation never happened, had retired like five years ago, he should be a part of it then. Why? I think Why can't he's he? He's just being an active part of it. This is a stupid discussion that's getting away from the thing, but I just think I, you were I think it's like such argument. an active member. I just don't think you should be a part of it. Like, why? I think the rest of the academy should, in some capacity, be distanced enough from like enough of the people that are working on the films currently. Because, I mean, I want to keep some level of a lack of bias or an objectivity to it, which is never going to happen in a perfect sense yeah. but like get closer to it by not having will smith who could be working with hundreds of the people that are part of the academy and oh they're obligated to vote for him because he was nice to him that one day during the lunch i don't really like that well that's not true because the acting category is voted on by actors i think for the nominations i think it's uh, open field during actual victor stuff mm, i don't know if that's completely true i think it is okay regardless uh, my opinions on will smith being part of the academy are not affected by whether he did this action or not. Before this action, I would still say like he shouldn't be part of it, but that's a whole different reason. Uh, but yeah, he should still be like eligible for nominations. He just should not be invited back to the Academy to present no, next year. Not at all. Yeah. He should, if he wanted to kind of come back from this, he should come forward either now or closer to next year's ceremony and say, I will not be in attendance. Like he should beat the Oscars to it and just say, I'm not right. going to be there because the Oscars are most likely going to say, you're not coming back. 
well, let's hope. Or they're going to say, ooh, ratings potential, which is awful. Uh, but yeah, another unforgivable element of this whole situation is it made Amy Schumer have an opportunity to be funny for yeah. a short period of time. When she came out and said the whole, what did I miss? Seems like the whole vibe changed here. I laughed. I did laugh too. I can't believe it. Yeah, I can't believe it either. She's not supposed to be funny. It's only supposed to be Wanda Sykes. What's going on? Exactly. So that was another horrible thing to witness during the Oscar ceremony. Yeah. Uh, she Shortly thereafter, she rectified that by doing the terrible gag with Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst. Which, which is a way, repeat of what Neil Patrick Harris did. Which is, that's hilarious. But it's also funny that, hey, someone came in and quote unquote disrespected the wife by saying, hey, you're a seat holder and nobody slapped anybody. Shocking. Jesse Plemons should have slapped her. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. She should have gone and been like, Jesse, I'm going to do a bit with your wife. In the middle of the bit, I want you to slap me. Just slap me. It'll be hilarious. Like, if I was Amy Schumer, that's what I would do. I'd be like, that would be a very funny thing to do. And then Jesse Plemons would say, and then Jesse Plemons would say, would say, I don't really want to do that. And Jesse Plemons would get uncomfortable and wouldn't go through with it. Exactly. But that would be, that'd be a way to go. And I'd really be going for it. I'm sure we'll see a bunch of those jokes next year's Oscar ceremony. Or maybe they'll be like, don't mention that. I think there are, well, I'm looking forward to Saturday Night Live because I feel like they always do something about the Oscars. And this is like ripe with opportunity. Ripe with opportunity. For sure. And I also can't wait for i mean the whole slew of comedians that are going to come out with sets about this but chris rock especially he better go all in like he better do a whole gag of saying this is everything that was going through my head at that moment and then just say all the vile things all the vile jokes he wanted to tell yeah but he held himself back because he's a professional he's a a professional he's actually a true man yep whatever will smith has got going on whatever insecurities he's got that he feels like he needs to do that in order to prove something to his wife, absolutely insane. You're not out there defending your wife by doing that. You're making you and your whole family look horrible. Yeah. And you also just guarantee that you have jokes told about you for years and years on end. Yep. And you deserve it. Yep. And if you you can take yourself out of the public life, if you don't want to be quote unquote disrespected by everyone and have to smile and pretend like that's okay, as he said in that speech. Mm. But how about don't give people ammunition to disrespect you if you can't take the hit. Yeah, man. Stop like making things worse. They, him and Jada Pinkett Smith, like they've opened up their lives to public scrutiny by talking so intimately about their whole affairs and what they do and everything. Like with the her talk show and his memoir, like they brought this on themselves. And no one should suffer abuse. Like celebrities shouldn't be just criticized and bullied for no reason or anything. But again, that like you know the world we live in. It's obviously going to happen. You get hate. If you're unable to deal with it, then just take a step back. You're wealthy, so you're not going to need to continuously continuously do work. Mm-hmm. Take a step back. If it's that much of an issue, get better, heal, work on your mental health, whatever you need to do, so you can come back in the limelight and not be so fragile that you go and attack somebody because they said a joke about your wife. A G.I. Jane joke. Yeah, that is I my think, two cents. I think they should be able to. Again, I'm on the side of they can be offended whatever they want. They can say whatever they want about their personal lives, even though I think personally, on my in my opinion, they say a little too much 
for anybody. Like, I don't think anybody should be giving that <laughs> much of their personal intimate details out to the public. But, uh, yeah, they should be able to share whatever they want to share about the relationship and then not get such negative feedback. But at the same time, you know, even if you are offended by a joke that a comedian makes about your personal life that you've shared, like you gotta, you gotta take the hit and move on. And just like, there's gotta be some kind of like truth to it. Like nobody makes a joke that's untrue. Then those jokes don't land and they don't tread water or anything. But like, if you're going to, I don't know. I just, I kind of agree with you, Ryan. And I kind of hear what you're trying to say. And I know what you mean. But I feel like they should have a platform to say what they want to say, free of judgment, even though they're not going to get it. They should have that right, even though they're not well, going to get it. But they should. Well, no, if you're sharing like personal, intimate details of your life, like what are you expecting to come from that? People will respond to it and they will provide feedback, whether that's like hate or support or whatever. Like you open yourself up to that fact if you share those details. Nobody's forcing you to share those details with the public. Like do that with your friends, whatever. That's literally what friends are for. Not to the entire public. If you're a celebrity, you're a public figure, and you're choosing to open, like air out your dirty laundry and whatnot, then you are literally inviting people to comment about that. And if you're unable to handle what those comments are, then just stop doing that. Stop letting there be things that they are able to comment on. So stop sharing details of your life. I agree. Like I agree. I just don't want to like knock down the idea of them being honest like they can do that they should be able they to can be that. honest and whatnot but again and also live up to your ideals if you're going to be honest and talk about leading good uh being a good example being a vessel a for life, love <laughs> yeah being a vessel for life and whatnot then actually own that and in the hardest moments of your life actually hold true to your values yeah that's what it's about and will smith clearly didn't do that here i also just want to give a before we move on from this I also dislike the fact that Will Smith hid behind Denzel's little comment mm-hmm. of the whole at your highest moment, be careful, and that's when the devil will come for you. First of all, Denzel Washington, what a guy. What a blessing. Yeah. I mean, this man, everything he says, like anytime someone says, Oh, Denzel said this to me, it's just like the best thing ever. He's got he's a fountain of wisdom, that guy. So God bless him. But the way Will Smith framed that, it makes it seem like this was outside factors that came in to interrupt and destroy some positive moment in his life. And that's not the case. No, it was him. Yeah. He was the one that did that. Yes. He's the one that forever made this Oscars, the Oscars where Will Smith slapped Chris Rock across the face. And nobody is talking about Will Smith's win. Nobody's talking about the performance. Nobody's talking about the people that were involved in King Richard. Yeah. They're talking about him and his behavior and slapping somebody, and that's on him. Yeah. It's not the devil or any other spiritual forces doing work. Absolutely. That was his own insecurities that resulted in him committing assault. That's on him. Again, there's a certain point where if you can't handle a joke that's clearly intended as a joke or even an insult, and you have to like resort to the physical violence, again, in front of all those people, it never should have happened. But if you want to resort to physical violence, take it outside. But then if you have to do that, that just shows that you, you're just not clever enough to come up with a better insult or retort back. So you yeah. have to go up and smack somebody. It's rarely Sad. is it like actually warranted. Nobody says mm-hmm. anything violent enough most of the time to actually deserve to get smacked. 
It's just that you don't know how to come up with anything better. And so you resort to that. So if Chris Rock came up and said that, which would be an objectively true statement, <laughs> and it's a bad thing that she's airing out all that laundry. But again, she did it to herself. She said it. She's the one out there being with Jaden's friends, which is still crazy. Yeah, it's that really, that really gross. And obviously that's why like oh, it's your a touchy subject. Because it's bad. Damn. Like that's the one thing you don't do, dude. You know, yeah, bro, all the, fuck your son's friends. Jaden Smith, all of his friends can just destroy him with mom jokes. Banging yeah, your mom dude. jokes. That's like the number one playground insult. Hey man, you I just got your own. mom last week. Yeah. I'm getting her next week. So uh, exactly. I'll see you later, bro. Like, like that's come the on, number dude. one insult, and you allowed it to happen, and then publicly talked about, it. bro. Every the number knows. of your mom jokes that August can say now—that is insane. He it, anything that anything that Jaden says, August can be like, "Yeah, it's not what your mom said." When I was banging her for four months, <laughs> exactly. You fucking loser. So, like, damn. Like that's just a terrible, terrible thing for Jada to do. And then talk about it publicly. It's insane. And then the way that she was smirking during the whole speech that he was giving and talking about, I'm the protector of my family, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just so, it was so disgusting to see that. But what was disgusting is seeing him at the Vanity Fair parties after where he's just dancing and having a good time and not even like, not even worrying about it. I know. What was hilarious was seeing the row of photographers (laughs) in front of them trying to snap pics. To put on the headline, to the front of the newspapers the next day. That's just insane. Again, the fact that you can go up, attack somebody, not get kicked out, win an award, and then party afterwards. Like, there's got to be some kind of. It's literally, it's like a bit that would be on Bojack Horseman to talk about the absurdity of Hollywood. Somebody smacking somebody during an award ceremony and then getting an award right after that is crazy. It's actually. It's like a bit from the boondocks because they actually did that where a whole fight broke out in an award ceremony. Mm-hmm. Like this is insane. It, it's something that feels like a punchline in a he comedy to, show. He needs to get some kind of like somebody. I'm glad that Chris Rock took the high road and didn't press charges, but sometimes I think, you know, maybe he should have because that no, whole think, night would have played out way differently. If sure. he had said right away, I'm going to press charges. The producers would have been like, okay, we probably got to get him out of here before the cops just show up and arrest him. That would have been good television, I'll tell you what. The cops come and arrest Will Smith. Jesus In the middle of his speech. (laughs) That would be insane. Yeah, that would be nice. They they say, and the the Oscar goes to Will Smith, and it cuts to his his camera footage, just him getting arrested (laughs) by cops. That'd be wild. That would Lupita Chris Rock comes up and accepts it on his behalf. <laughs> that would also be amazing. Yeah, I just can't believe it. And yeah, he walked up there and then Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta and Uma Thurman, they all hug him and all that. Yeah. I would have been, if I were in, and some people were doing it, and I wish they would have shown this in the telecast. Yeah. That people were sitting down and not clapping. Yeah. Which I totally would have been doing. Uh, one of the reporters that were in the room that I heard talk about it, they said that, you know, the feeling you like when you watch a person who's had a career for 30 years win their first award, like it's usually a very big uproar, like when Leo won and mm-hmm. they have that huge like standing ovation stuff. And that's what it should have been for Will Smith. 
and it didn't have that energy. It was very much like a mixed bag of applause. Like there were some people standing, there's some people applauding, there's some people who just weren't doing anything. It just had very serious looks on their face. Right. There's one clearly like situated near where Will Smith was when he was first getting up to the award and they were mm-hmm. just stone faced, not applauding. And they had an Oscar award on their desk, like on the table. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know who those people were, but I mean, they were close to the front and they were not happy about that whole situation. But yeah, absolutely crazy. And we yeah. are an anti Will Smith podcast now until he apologizes, apologizes. and gets help. Cause good God, like that's not normal behavior, man. No, dude, that is very much excessive. Very odd for someone who's supposed to be like, like, I think it's unfair to put the pressure of being a role model on an actor, but I mean, if you're that popular and you're making that much money from doing very, very little and people will just look up to you because you are famous, that is part of the price tag, man. I suppose, but he's also, like, he leans into the role of being a role model. That is like, also he, very he true. He does inspirational speeches and does all this stuff and works with the community. He does not try to avoid it in the slightest. Yeah, and he's, like, good at it. Like, he legitimately is someone that, like, some of his inspirational speeches and whatnot and sayings, like, he says things like, God put the best things in life on the other side of fear. It's a great quote. And his whole talk is about, like, you got to overcome your fears and push through it because that's where the best things are. Like all this he stuff had a fear of Chris Rock, and he finally <laughs> overcame it. He did. He, he faced it did. head on, or should I say fist on? Yeah, but now he's got to face the fear of Jada Pinkett Smith. Dude, yeah. other people were saying vile jokes about <laughs> what Jada said to Will afterwards, saying things like, good job, Will. Now you get to watch tonight as she oh. sleeps with another guy. <laughs> oh. That's just so good. That's funny. Should we talk about the actual, now that we've spent an hour on this, should we, we talk about should. the rest of the Oscars? We Any should. thoughts on the show itself? So, first of all, with much controversy. Aside from the slap. Yeah, much controversy before this ceremony that totally got <laughs> eclipsed by what happened during the ceremony. They cut out like eight awards from the live taping yeah. and made them before the show, and then they were going to intersperse them during the actual telecast. Uh, and that was an effort to save time and boost ratings and whatnot. We were three hours and 40 minutes. That was how long the ceremony was, which was longer than last year. So, so it did nothing. Did not do a thing. So stupid. Yeah. The stupid fan moments where Zack Snyder just swept for no reason. I. It was so funny because everyone knew going into this, it was going to be the rabid fan bases were going to rig it. And that's going to be what we saw. And that's exactly what happened with the Zack Snyder winning both. You saw the Marvel movies winning. You saw Johnny Depp had a movie that yeah. no one heard of yeah. because the Johnny Depp fans were like, we got to get him on there. Let's get him on there. That's Which hilarious. I think is hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, that was so stupid that they did that. It was embarrassing. Yeah. They should totally Just drop took that. away from the Oscars completely. Like they didn't even have a presenter come out and list it out or give out like a little fake award. They just showed a video clip. Yeah. Like that's something like how lame. That's something that you tweet out. Like you yeah. don't actually give 30 seconds to a minute. It was like a minute because they showed a yeah. long army of the dead clip. And I was like, good God, move on. Yeah. Go to commercial. That's more interesting than this. Really stupid. You have qualms with the in memoriam segment. Did you not have qualms with it? Once again, my qualm is that they try to draw so much attention to the performance that's happening now instead of the actual names on the board that is true that it always sorts me out 
So I just want them to go to a thing where just show us a screen, have someone singing a solemn song in the background. Like they did with uh, when, uh, what's his name, came out and just played acoustic guitar. Was it Dave Grohl? Wouldn't know, but something like that. Maybe that was the Golden Globes. There's one where it was just literally like, I think Dave Grohl on an acoustic guitar, and he was just playing the guitar and singing, and they would, every once in a while, like do a wide shot of him with the big screen in the background, but for the most part, it was just the screen. Exactly. Like, I did I like, like what they did where they, they well, this might be unfair to most people, but I did like what they did when they uh, had people who were important to the other people's lives come out and say a brief thing about like the, like Ivan Reitman and Betty White and Sidney Poitier. Right. I also I kind of like that. I know you, I, I, I can understand the argument against it, but I kind of like, liked it. I think like something like that, again, tag it on like a Twitter page or whatever, have the individual put that on their own post instead of dedicating time in the actual in memoriam segment to say hey we cared more about this person who is more famous than these other people yeah it just definitely feels off it was weird that it just kept getting wider and wider and farther away from the screen just to incorporate more and more of the dancers and i was like what are you doing that was the weird part i didn't mind that it was uplifting i kind of liked it but the fact that they drew so much attention to those performers was definitely like a drawback Right. Yeah, my dad didn't like the uplifting part of it. I can see why they went for that. Because again, I like sometimes it. it doesn't have to be a solemn thing of, oh, they're dead. It can be a celebratory thing of, oh, look at their great life. So I think like that choice was fine. I would just prefer something that's more stripped back. And again, they put too much focus into the music that was going on and the dancing and the performance instead yeah. of what we're supposed to be doing, which is paying respects to the people that we lost in the industry. Yeah. So again it's been like this for quite a few years where they can't really strike a balance between making the in memoriam interesting and actually paying due respect to the people and i would say deferred to paying respect to the people yeah 100 percent. but what are you gonna do you know we can't run it or can we <laughs> We're if you want to see us running the oscars <laughs> go on twitter and put hashtag the box office show runs oscars and if we get that trending we could change history. We will take over the Will Smith hashtags. It'll be 30 Ooh. minutes long and it will just be giving out the awards and then we'll be done, guys. Just be really quick. We just give out awards for like 29 minutes and we give another minute to Chris Rock just to say whatever he wants <laughs> and then we just get out of there. That's exactly. all it'll be. That's what we'll do. Vote for Box Office Show. All right, moving on to the Box Office Breakdown. For the weekend of March 25th to the 27th. Coming in first, we have The Lost City with 31 million, which is a great opening for them. Congrats More to Sandra Bullock. Be, yeah. yeah, and Channing Tatum, who actually had his comeback. There kind of doubted go. it, but my man is on top. Yep. In second place was The Batman with 20 million. It now brings its worldwide total to 672 million. Indeed. Triple R, the Indian film we talked about last week. 9.5 million. So it was just on the cusp of the double digits, but still a great opening. Yeah. Uncharted, 5 million. Jujutsu Kaisen falls to fifth with 4.5 million in its second weekend. Following that is X, the A24 horror movie with 2.2 million. Dog, the other Channing Tatum flick, 2.1 million. Spider Man No Way Home, still in the top 10 with 2 million. Also still in the top 10 is Sing 2 with 1.2 million. For whatever reason, they expanded 800 theaters this week. So they are still in the top 10 for the 14th week and counting. 
We'll see if they can hold on for another. This was quite surprising. Infinite Storm, just barely, barely in the top 10, was $750,000. I'm right. going to be honest with you, Ryan. You put, instead of dog, you put doggy in the script. And if we had reversed the order of saying which one was which, I probably would have accidentally said doggy <laughs> instead one of One of these dog. days, I'm going to get you with it. Yeah, sure. You will say what is written. But yes, moving on to the box office predictions for April 1st to the 3rd. Morbius. Sony's Morbius, the expansion to the Sony Spider-Man universe. It is coming out, and everything we've heard of it is horrible. Everything we've seen from it. it. (laughs) He was out there spoiling the movie and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be bad. So what do you think the opening is going to be? 35. 35? I think it's a respectable Just because of the references to Spider-Man, I think people are going to go out to see it. Right. Just be like, how are they going to tie it in? Indeed. I'll I'll say, like, I definitely think it's in that range. And I do think, because it'll be the opening, because people want to, but again, he's already spoiled it, but because people want to get in and see how it connects and whatnot, Mm -hmm. Spider-Man's still, like, riding such a big high right now. Yeah, still in the top 10. I'll say it gets over 40 million. Wow. Maybe it gets around to around 45 million. Wow. That's crazy. Indeed. Now it's time to go over our Oscars draft results. I got absolutely <laughs> butt fucked in just total entire, like not even close. I got one win. Which one is crazy, man. Fucking win, bro. <laughs> I got absolutely <laughs> fucking demolished, and we are never doing this again. No, we this are. This is we the are. It's only time. It's too fun. Look, I hate this. So we're I gonna hate go- the games we play. <laughs> I hate the drafts. I always fucking lose. It's I'm sick of it. You're over two, but that's okay. Well, I lost the flash, so I'm probably gonna lose the next one too. Well, and then there's always the next Oscar draft, and you can redeem yeah, yourself. Fucking <laughs> one for four, one for four. <laughs> So we're going to go through each of the uh, categories and just list off who it was real quick. Again, nothing too surprising until he gets at the top. And then we will mention what the final tally is for the draft results, and then we're going to get out of here. So starting from the bottom on our document, not the least important award, but it's just how it worked out. Best visual effects. We Obviously predicted, went to Dune. Yeah, everyone predicted Dune. It went to Dune. Of course. Imagine if it went to Free Guy. That would have been crazy. That would have been... Someone would have had to get slapped for that because that is that is uncalled for. Will Smith would have been needed in that moment. For sure. After that was Best Production Design. Somehow went to Dune. I don't understand. Yeah, I'll be honest. I came around. I think Nightmare Alley should have won it. But yeah. Dune got it. So... Total bullshit. Good for me. Best International Feature. We all thought it was going to be Drive My Car. And it was Drive My Car. Yay. Uh, best cinematography also somehow went to dune which i think is also bullshit well here's the thing and apparently so like the oscar voting happens the week before it which i think is nuts because then you get all this like cross information of who won the pga and wga and that could influence how people vote uh greg frazier just came out with the batman which people find its cinematography quite respectable so that also could have given this man a bump towards the end here that's because bullshit. It, it did seem like Ari, Wag, Ari Wagner was going to, it sounds like I'm from Wisconsin when I say that name. Ari Wagner uh, 
for the power of the dog, again, I think should have won. It also seems like she was prime in the prime spot to win. But Bro, Zeke Targaryen was such a boys club. Fuck this sexist fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, Ari Wagner would Women win the unite first woman. and kill Greg Frazier. No. <laughs> don't actually, though. I'm sure he's a nice fellow. I just don't think he should have won. Yeah, good for him. Again, I... What if it turns out he's a total dick? Well, that'd be a shame. But let's not slander his name any further. He won the award. Fair and square. Dylan, yeah. that was a point for me in the draft. Of course. Best original song went to No Time to Die. Music and lyrics by Billie Eilish and Phineas. Uh, we all kind of called that one. Agreed, agreed. The best documentary feature went to Summer Soul, Questlove, and all his compatriots. I almost uh, went to Will Smith there. I know. He was about to, He was going to up there for the stream. win. Yeah. yeah. He said, they may not give me the other war, so I got to go grab this one real quick. He said, I got to get on the stage somehow, guys. <laughs> Uh, after that, Best Animated Feature went to Encanto, uh, which was no surprise. Although, again, a lot of people were saying Mitchells versus the Machines. I've seen a lot more sentiment around. I should have gotten that 100%. Best Makeup and Hairstyling, of course, went to the eyes of Tammy Faye. Everybody called that. Indeed. Best Film Editing. Again, there were like the six technicals that Dune was up for. It won mm-hmm. all of them, I guess, except costume. I'd say that. So six out of seven. Um, this was one that, again... I didn't think Dune should have won it. And makeup and hairstyling. It didn't get that either. True. But I get, well, yeah. That one was number one that it was in contention for, though. I would it's say. It's still technically yeah, so for that it did not win. Yeah. But of the ones it's that no we were like. It's no Lord of the Rings, trust me, okay? Sure. But of the ones we were truly concerned about, uh, <laughs> film editing was one that was a toss-up that I think shouldn't have gone to it, but it did. So, fucking good for Joe Walker. Bro, on the drive over, I saw that Dune won four of them. And that it was best film editing and cinematography. And I went, what the fuck? Like, nice. come on. You knew it was over. Yeah, I knew it was over the second that happened. And I was like, well, shit. I, I, how, how much worse could it get from there? And it got a thousand times worse. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Best original screenplay went to Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. There was a lot of uproar at the party I was at over that. They wanted either licorice pizza or the worst person in the world to win. And it didn't. Belfast won. And there was some uproar over that. Right. Uh, I, I don't think agree with licorice pizza, but the worst person in the world. I can agree. Like the most uh, interesting and engaging elements of Belfast, not the writing. So I can see why people are like, why is that? Yeah, when I, I got screenplay. I uh, didn't see the worst person in the world yet. So can't comment on that. Um, it's good. But I would say, I would put, yeah. Well, I wanted to see it. It's just, it's a foreign film. And I think the time that it was in theaters has already passed, which yeah. is sad. Very sad. Uh, but yeah. The best adapted screenplay. Now, this one was a shocker. And this is when I knew that it was going to go very poorly for you in the final category. Because historically, yep. Best Picture wins one of the screenplays. And Coda won adapted screenplay. Sean Hayden. <sighs> Fucking bullshit. Which, again, Honestly, I think is stunning because Coda, again, the one of the weakest parts of that film is the screenplay. Like, the best part is the performances. That's what everyone at the party was saying, because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Coda. Yeah. But I've been told that it was not written very well. And also, the thing it is adapted from is another movie. I've never heard of uh, something being nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay from adapting from another screenplay. Like, I don't think I've seen that before. I've seen it based on books, based on comic books, based on plays, things like that. I've never seen, like, someone remaking a movie and getting nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. I guess that is where you would fall in. To the category, but 
I've just never seen that before. Right. And it also is weird having like everybody I've heard that's seen the movie. I haven't seen it yet. I said that the screenplay was kind of weak and it's so very odd that it won over something as great as drive my car or even like lost daughter and the power of the dog, which are okay. Or Dune, which is not a very good adaptation, but at least was cool. I guess I think it should not have won good adaptation, but I agree. It shouldn't have won. We thought about this already. We did, but yeah, with Coda, again, I said before in the predictions, like Coda isn't a script that is inventive or that makes you, that challenges you or makes you think about it afterwards. Mm -hmm. See what you will about Power of the Dog, but at least you have to try to dissect elements of it. Yeah. With Coda and with Drive My Car, especially, like you can definitely ruminate on that experience for the longest time. With Coda, while it it is effective in hitting the emotional beats that it's trying to hit, you 100% know at every point in the film what's about to come next. Like it's just not inventive in any sort of way. And it follows to screenplay format to such a T that it's like, we're really giving it the top honor of screenplay stuff. Yeah. Felt odd. Uh, and I would have been my car. Like, I know like driving my car. Again, I said before, I want to aspire to that writing capability. Coda. feel like I'm already sort of there. So very <laughs> odd that they would give that Oscar to Coda. Ryan watched Coda and he said, I could do that. That could be really, You watch it and like, let me know if you think like, it's not out of your realm of possibility. Like anyone that. Well, I watched drive my car and I thought I could do that. <laughs> not even. Well, that's not, very not impressive. No, not even the slightest. Uh, best original score of course went to deservingly Dune Hans Zimmer, who couldn't even be there. He was busy doing other stuff. He was on tour. Good for that man. Best sound also went to Dune, unsurprisingly. I guess that makes sense, yeah. I'm not too shooken up about that one, even though I thought it might go somewhere else. Best costumes, I went to Cruella, also not surprising. Best supporting actor, Troy Kotzer for Coda. Also not surprising. I thought that was so sweet when she initially signed his name. Mm -hmm. That was really Eugene Yoon. I thought that was very nice. I think everybody in the room kind of didn't understand what was happening, but we, we at home who could see the screen very clearly saw that she was trying to sign it and then Mm -hmm. said his name, which I thought was very sweet. Best Supporting Actress, also not surprisingly, went to Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Wasn't even really a contest. For Best Actor, we have Will Smith. For King Richard. (sighs) Crazy speech. Best Actress went to Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. That was a real toss-up. That was was on the edge, you know, excited for that one. Mm -hmm. Good for her, I guess. At that point, it was Chastain's, but yeah, definitely... Over the course of the entire award season, that was definitely one that was bouncing back and forth. Yeah. For best director, we have Jane Campion, Power of the Dog, the single win that it got. Fuck. (laughs) Crazy. God. So furious. And then finally, the top prize itself, best picture, went to Coda. Now, you've seen Coda. I have not. Do you think Coda earned that award? Again, it's a heartwarming film that is effective in what it's trying to do. And I think that's part of why they picked it. Because, I mean, it's a film that you like. It's hard not to like it, not to be uh, endeared to it. But is it the top expression of filmmaking capabilities? Is it the most artistic film that we have there? I don't think so. So you would so, 
So you don't think it is their best picture? If I were voting, I would not have picked it for best picture, no. Which of the fellow nominees would you have voted for first instead of Coda? Which would you place above it? Pound for pound, I think the best film there that should have gotten the Oscar would be Nightmare Alley. What? Really? Nightmare yes. Alley. Really? We talked about this before in the top 10 of 2021. I think Nightmare Alley is incredible. And then after that, I mean, then it would just be like the movies that I personally like. But of all these ones, I mean, it was between Power of the Dog and Coda. And again, I think there's a better argument for Power of the Dog to be like emblazoned into the annals of Oscar history as a Best Picture winner and Coda. Why did you say annals? I had to put a flare on it, man. I the annals. <laughs> annals of Oscar history. Indeed. But yes, quite. Again, it was interesting. Keep like, my wife's name out of your <laughs> fucking mouth. You would have had me on his side if he said it like that. But, he had done it in a funny voice. You sold me. 100%. <laughs> then people would still be confused over if it's a bit or not. Yeah. That would, it would be, be so weird to keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. If he did like a funny bit or something, that would have been weird. Yeah. I mean, he was going off his rockers, though. I would not have been surprised. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, but yeah, again, like from an all-around filmmaking standpoint, I mean, I think that one is like when I envision the best picture, that would be what I'd see. Yeah, it's your what opinion, you I guess. You uh, drive, drive My, my car. car. Well, yeah, because yes. that's your number one film that you picked. So. Of course. I mean, after Drive My Car, I think I haven't seen still haven't seen some of these. But based on what I've seen of West Side Story, I might pick that one next. And then Dune. And then probably Nightmare Alley. And then Belfast. If I'm ranking them. And then Licorice Pizza, which I haven't seen, but I feel like it would fall right there. And then King Richard. And then Coda. No, Coda, then King Richard. And then Don't Look Up at the Bottom. It's probably how I would rank it, even though I have not still not seen Licorice Pizza, West Side Story, or Coda. Right. Yeah. The ones that I would truly be unhappy if it won would have been Don't Look Up, Licorice Pizza, King Richard. Mm. Not necessarily in that order, but like those three I would have Understand. big qualms with. Yeah, me too. Um, and yeah, again, Coda, I'm fine with. It just feels like it does. it's too small, I feel like, in its scope. Like it has a very nice, touching human story, but... Again, I don't think it's, again, that perfect Paragon example of, like, the best of filmmaking in 2021. Let me ask you something about the Oscars ceremonies, because I've been watching these bad boys for probably eight years now, consistently. Sure. I'm sure you're close to that as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think they just keep getting worse? Do you think, like, it just keeps getting more fraudulent and fake and definitely more, like, like less of a less of an event and more of kind of like a... Uh, like a, like a lower brow award show. Like it's no longer this big, like Hollywood's biggest night. It's just starting to become like more and more low brow. Yeah. Taken someone, seriously. Somebody said, and I was like, dang, that's so true. They said this was the night that the Oscars became the golden globes. Yeah. We have lost so. the golden globes and now the Oscars has sunk to its place. So. Which is very sad because I used to love the Oscars when like Ellen Me hosted too. or when Billy Crystal hosted. And it was like this big prestigious event and all these people that were nominated were like 
super big stars. It was like a huge deal for them. It doesn't feel like a big deal anymore. I like, agree. Other than to the people who are nominated, like it still feels just kind of lowbrow and unimportant, like the Golden Globes, and that just kind of sucks. You know, I miss the extravagance the Oscars used to have. I think part of that is a host. I think part of that has to do with the way they have been designing the sets the past few years and how like sort of bland and plain it is. Mm-hmm. I think something has to do with like the laid back seating arrangement they had, maybe the laid back structure they had to it and how awkward it kind of was with yeah. the acceptance speeches and the flow of it was very odd. Just felt very like not well rehearsed and not like taken as seriously. And that is kind of sad to me. Like I would like to see the Oscars and and like the the film segments, like uh, the the fan favorite films and things like that, where it's just kind of cutting in and awkward for no reason. And I don't know. It just felt like just trying to film celebrities and hoping you can get away with the bare minimum of like, oh look at these celebrities are on a room at once, which is what all the all, all the other award shows do. And it's like no, the Oscars. The thing that made it extravagant was that it was never about the people at home. It was about the people in the theater you're honoring them and you're supposed to be putting on a show for them and that gets their energy up which gets the people at home's energy up like they are more excited they are more happy seeing these people win these oscars and things like that it's more important you know like seeing actors go up and like halle berry crying because she's the first black woman to win best actress in a leading role and still the only which is crazy and like seeing all these people have like such emotional reactions and be so excited and so happy that they did something that is like supposed to be like a true achievement. And now it doesn't feel like a true achievement anymore. It just kind of feels like another box to check off like the golden globes or like the Emmys or the Grammys or anything like that. Right. You know, there's no more extravagance. Now the Tonys is going to take its place, but nobody watches the Tonys. Like the Tonys (laughs) feels more extravagant, but they're all theater people. So of course it's extravagant. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I think you said it very beautifully. There's definitely a problem that they have. Like, there's an identity crisis going on with the Oscars. They're trying to save the ratings that continuously are plummeting. Mm-hmm. And it went up from like the low 10 million to now it's 15 million. But again, yeah. I don't think that's sustainable. And again, we're at a part where media is so fractured and splintered across many various platforms that. Like you said, you didn't even have a TV to watch it from. Most people are not going to tune in from the TV. They might tune in from barely social media anybody has, Yeah, barely anybody has Hulu live TV. And pretty much nobody has a way to watch ABC anymore. Like, come on. Everybody streams everything. Like, right. nobody's going to pay for Hulu live TV just for the Oscars. Just make it free and then charge the advertisers more. Like, that's what the Super Bowl does. Well, I guess not really. I guess you do have to pay to watch the Super Bowl, too. But there will always be people who will watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, come on. So you've got to sure. change the way you're marketing it to get a wider audience and charging them. It should just be an easier way to watch. Like, I shouldn't have to get some kind of a cable subscription to watch it or go through the process of buying Hulu live TV. There should just be a way where I could go to abc.com and I can pay like $4 and you're immediately just watching the live stream. Right. And then yeah, just I, an easy way. Like just go to abc.com, give them four bucks. You're, it's on your TV. There you go. And then once it's done, you're no longer watching ABC. Right. There's got to be a way to do that. I agree. Opening up the accessibility of it for sure. 
but certainly resolving whatever this imbalance is between them mm-hmm. wanting to make it a musical performance. Like they had five performances on, which I think they're becoming too big of too big a part of the show. Like yeah. We're I think those need to just go away forever. Yeah. I'm we don't need to see performances. Um, like I this is the Oscars, hosts. not the Grammys. I miss like a solid host. Right. And again, the they hosting still, was very sparse this year. Three of and them. The, and they were absent for like most of it. Big periods of time. And it was yeah. still three hours and 40 minutes long. Like if you're going to be long, you might as well have a host out there and make it extravagant and show all the awards and just cut out the musical performances because nobody really cares about the musical performances. And also now because you're doing that, you're taking the, the best song category and you're pushing it at the end where all like the big awards are and it's just shoved in there for no reason because you can't. You don't want to reveal the award too early and have all the losers go up there and do their song even though they lost. Right. Nobody wants to fucking do that. Yeah. Again. It's very rare when you get a song where you want to see the performance. Like, like it was exciting to watch Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga sing for uh, A Star Is Born. Like, that it was, was cool. motivated by the movie itself, and it yeah. was like seeing it come to life in person. Yeah. A lot of the times, it is just a song that's thrown in over the credits. Exactly. That's a lot of the time what it is. Like, the song for King Richard... The the Reba McIntyre song, I think, was also just a credit song. The uh, technically no time to die is a credit song, but it's a Bond song like that. That is an exception into itself because it is it is actually technically important. It's at least an opening credits that have yeah. visuals with it. it's not just over the black screen yeah. of the names going by. And Kanto gets away with it because it's a part of the movie. And so does uh, A Star is Born. Come on. It's like an integral part of what that movie is. That's why it won. That's why the, the winners are always super important because it's actually a part of the film, like no time to die and all the bond songs. It's, it's used in the movie, you know, it's right. really weird when something like the, the Lord of the Rings song wins, where it was just a song that was playing over the credits, even though that song is amazing. It's weird that it won like an Academy award for just being a song playing over the end credits. Very true. As amazing as that song is. Cause it is. Very amazing. True. Also one other thing just to point out is this is the first year that a film that one best picture is from a streamer from Apple, it was Apple. TV plus. Get and fucked it, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Netflix has been trying for years at this point. They've had the front runners like since Roma, I think they had the most nominations. Yeah, man. Mank Irish, had the most nominations. Mank Irishman. Irishman. And Power yeah. of the Dog. And they've gone, they each only got like one or maybe zero awards. Like did the Irishman even win anything? Zero. Or? It got yeah. zero. So it's crazy that Netflix was beat to the punch by yeah. Apple, who's only been around for like a year or two. So they but got Netflix, Ted Lasso wait, and this. Two yeah. big wins. Sweeping up. Big, yeah. yeah. Is, wait, who has Killers of the Flower Moon? Is that also Apple TV? Yeah. Damn, they're coming again. Their Scorsese one wins. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Good for them but, to scoop that up. That's going to be a big winner. That's going to be a big contender. True. Well, they're paying a lot for it. They're going to like 200 they million or are. whatever. Jesus Insane Christ. It's budget. Crazy. I don't know why. It's I'm super excited high. for that movie. It's going to be very, very good. Indeed. I know there's some hair in my mouth. That was very gross to watch you do. <laughs> he put his fingers in his mouth and pulled it out and then went, Bleh. he made a Bleh face. Got it. While right. talking. The final, I wasn't talking. The final, yeah. you were literally talking. How could you, what? The final tally. For the Oscar draft results, now I'm going to punish you for bringing that up. 
I had 25 points. I didn't bring it up. I just made a face, and then you talked about it. We could. I was willing to skate past it and just leave it at my face also being discussed, at your face being discussed, that there was a hair in your mouth. You're the one who brought it up, you schmuck. I didn't bring it. I did the action. Listen, I had 25 points uh, before the ceremony from the nominations. You had 19. <laughs> this is how bad the night went for you. I hate the way that you wrote out the order in which you were going to say this. Knowing that you were going to have this dramatic effect going on. You specifically ordered it, you, then me, and then me, then you. So go ahead, have your little fun, your little well, drama you, moment. You're trying you wanna, to, to score it up like the Oscars do their dramatic moments. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you wanna, read it. I'm, I'm not reading it, you read it. Announce the best for last. You want to save it for who is the victor. So Dylan, your final tally, taking into account that each nomination was one point, each win is three points, add it together. You had 22 points as your final tally, uh-huh. which let the record show is not matching my 25 points from the nominations alone. Dick, you <laughs> did not have to let the record show. People <laughs> so can do fucking basic <laughs> math on their own. You ass. It had to be spoken. Even if I won nothing, I still would have won. But Fuck you. I cleaned up. Dune cleaned up at the technicals. So my final tally after seven victories is 46 points. More than double what you had. You, you fucking asshole. <laughs> We're not doing this again. I swear to fucking God. We are. If, we I must... lose, if it looks like I'm going to lose the box office draft, we're done with the draft, bro. No, the draft is amazing. Oh, you know, yeah. I like, the winner. Yeah, I like the competition. Come on, man. Got to keep it going. Just have better Fuck picks you. next time. Just better picks. Get a better roster. I wish Will Smith slapped you in the face <laughs> right now. Oh, wow. He was a G.I. Jane joke. I'm not doing it again. Okay, good. <laughs> well, well, one more. We're about to send them off. <sighs> no. <laughs> that is all the time we have. If you would like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us at theboxoffishow at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. Keep Joseph McDade's name out <laughs> of your fucking mouth, Ryan. Okay, I will. And be sure to tune in next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.